Hello everyone, my name is Anasil Sabag and this is Something About Everything. With me here today is Amr Abdul Jawad, uh, the co-founder of one of the prominent Canadian healthcare startups. And today we're going to talk about his startup, his journey. We'll also get some advice from him for anyone who's looking to become an entrepreneur or looking to start off uh, their own venture. How are you, Am? I'm good. Thank you, Anas, for having me on your podcast. Uh, it's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Uh, just the background for everyone. I've known Amr since as long as I remember. We're childhood friends. I even worked with him at some point uh, in his startup uh, during the starting days. It was a really interesting experience. It was during my undergrad and I've learned a lot from him. So for the audience sake, uh, Amr, can you tell us about who you are and what you guys do? Definitely. I was born and raised in Saudi Arabia, went to elementary, middle school and high school over there and then graduated in 2011 and went all the way across the world from Saudi Arabia to Canada to study nanotechnology engineering at the University of Waterloo. And that's where uh, I started working on the startup alongside with my co-founder and my friend uh, Yusuf Helwa. And after I completed my undergrad, I did a master's in business entrepreneurship and technology, also at the University of Waterloo. And uh, during the past four years, we've been working on Nerve, uh, which is a medical device startup. The startup is uh, essentially focused on developing a solution to detect gastrointestinal leaks after abdominal surgical procedures. And uh, that's where we are today. That's a really interesting journey. How did you start your venture? How did you go from being an undergrad student to launching a startup that is focused on post-operative complications, something that most people wouldn't think about? What, what inspired you to seek this path? I'm going to be completely honest. Yusuf Helwa, my co-founder, was the one who initially started off uh, with the idea. And at that point, I was in China uh, doing an internship over there. And when I got back, Yusuf told me that he had been working on this uh, problem that his mother had introduced him to. So just as a little bit of background, Yusuf's mother is an obstetrical and gynecological uh, surgeon. And she told him of the problem um, during a conversation where she was concerned about one of her patients going through a complication after the surgery. So as uh, he started listening to her more about the problem, he realized that maybe using our background in nanotechnology engineering would be able to come up with a solution to this. And at the same time, Yusuf had uh, actually done some research in the field of biosensors previously. So he thought maybe combining both his research as well as our background that we'd be able to maybe come up with a solution that can help uh, overcome such a problem. So when I got back from China, Yusuf uh, talked to me a little bit more and I was intrigued by the idea and as well as the journey of going on a startup and maybe trying something a little bit different and exciting than just going through school and doing your extracurricular activities. So I agreed and I joined him. And at that point, Yusuf and I had known each other for close to three, four years, uh, worked together on a number of things. And that's why it felt like maybe it could be a really, really good idea to, uh, to try something else that might be a little bit different, as I mentioned, from just going through undergrad. So that's what inspired, I guess, the, the story of Nerve and how it all started. I want to know more about the solution that you guys are providing. Can you simplify what the problem is and how you guys plan to solve it? Definitely. So I guess a little bit more about the problem. In scientific terms, it is known as anastomotic leakage. But in very simple terms, it's leakage of gastrointestinal fluid that could be as part of your small intestine or, or even large intestine that could leak into your abdominal cavity after a surgery. So if you imagine a surgery where they're trying to reduce the stomach size, for example, they usually cut parts of the stomach or the abdomen in general. 
and then they reconnect it one more time. And when the reconnection happens, sometimes a staple line can break and fluid can leak into the abdominal cavity. Now, when that fluid leaks, it's very hard to identify when it happens and if it happens. Just because of the nature of the leak happening on the inside, that makes it a little bit challenging for physicians to identify when that happens. And the problem is when a leak does happen, it could take a couple of days until a physician can identify that the problem has occurred. And during that time, the patient can suffer from infection and they could even go into a septic shock, which might make them unconscious and then might even kill them at some point. So what we're trying to do is to develop a small sensor that gets placed close to the surgical site. And that sensor can identify the presence of a leak as soon as it occurs, takes that information and reports it immediately to the physician. So that they can intervene in a timely manner to save the patient's life. That sounds like an amazing solution. I just want to know, it sounded from the way you described it that there is no competition. There are no current alternate real-time solutions. Can you tell us what competitors you have or what competing solutions are available right now? Definitely. So everywhere in the world, there's competition, but you you put a really uh, key point and key phrase over there. Real-time monitoring is what we're aiming for. So right now, what is being done to detect uh, such a problem and such a leak is to essentially use what they've been using for the past decades as the standard of care, which is relying on imaging techniques such as uh, CT scans and MRIs to identify if there's any fluid leaking into the abdominal cavity. That usually fails in roughly 25 to 30 percent of the cases. Sometimes a leak would be happening, but they would fail to identify the presence of that leak. They also rely on various follow-ups, monitoring for bowel movement and vital signs, and just checking in general if the patient seems to be feeling well, if they're recovering from the surgery in a really normal manner, or they're eating properly and drinking properly. Sometimes these are just some of the signs that they utilize to identify if a patient is doing okay. They also do some lab tests, check for white blood cell count. The problem is all of these are sort of, in a way, they, they, they're reactive. They're not really a solution that can on its own identify as soon as the leak happens. There has been some advancement in imaging. Recently, there was a company called Novadac that developed a fluorescence imaging solution that can be utilized during the surgery itself to identify how the blood supply is going to the region of uh, the anastomosis. And using that information, a surgeon can actually identify if they need to make some modifications to the surgery itself or if it's okay. But the problem is this can only be be utilized during the surgery itself. Post-surgically, the problem can still occur, and that's due to a number of risk factors. If the patient is obese or if they have done another surgery before or if they're old, there are risk factors that can come into play post-operatively that can still cause a leak to happen. And that's where we're hoping to come in to become one of the first solutions that can identify a leak post-operatively and in real time. You mentioned imaging as the current solution for this, and imaging is very expensive, both for countries, for example, Canada that has universal healthcare, or for countries like the US where people mostly cover their healthcare expenses through insurance, or even countries where people have to cover their own healthcare expenses. So imaging becomes a very expensive process. How were you met by the healthcare industry when you brought up this solution, and were you welcomed or was there kind of a resistance to your solution? Um, there's always going to be some sort of resistance, especially when you're trying to change the standard of care in a way. But nevertheless, all the physicians that we've talked to have identified that this is a real problem and there's a need for it. 
uh, all the physicians, whether they have been bariatric, colorectal, general surgeons, acute and trauma surgeons, they've all identified that anastomotic leaks are probably the complication that they fear the most. And it is something that requires a solution as existing methods right now really have no way in identifying it as soon as it happens. So there's definitely a need for it. And even some of the medical, the largest um, uh, companies in the medical device world, such as Johnson & Johnson and Medtronic, some of those have identified that there is also a need for it. So it's not just from the physician side, but the medical industry in general is still working on solutions to identify and try to resolve this problem. So as much as uh, we're going to face some resistance in changing the standard of care because physicians are taught to do things a certain way, and now that we are thinking of maybe doing a little bit differently, there will be some sort of resistance. However, results don't ever lie, and that's what we're aiming for. And currently we're working with a couple of surgeons uh, at St. Michael's Hospital in order to help us get those results and convince physicians that we are capable with our solution to identify a leak as soon as it occurs. Can you please elaborate more on the fact that you stated that this is one of the most common complications? What's the market size like for this complication? For sure. So we're mainly targeting the U.S. market as of right now. And in the U.S. in general, there's around 1.7 million high-risk surgeries happen in the abdominal region. Of those surgeries, on average, there's an 8% chance that a leak could occur. So the problem is leaks can happen at varying rates depending on the risk factors of the patients. So it can be as low as 2% and it can go as high as 30%. And these are the patients that we are targeting. And from there, we're hoping to be able to reduce the hospital stay as well as the amount of follow-ups and checks that patients have to go through in order to make sure that they're okay. So in most of the cases, patients are hospitalized for a very long time if a leak happens. And they're still hospitalized for at least three, four days just to follow up with them before they're sent home. And the physician is quite comfortable that a leak won't happen. So we're looking at a 1.7 million annual uh, market in the U.S. in terms of the number of patients that undergo these surgeries where our solution would provide um, definitely something of value to physicians. Uh, That sounds like a really big number. What stage are you guys in right now? So we've managed to uh, develop a working prototype and that prototype is currently being tested in a pig model. And we started our animal studies a few months ago, and in our first set of animal studies, the results have been very promising. We were able to detect the leaks in under three minutes. That on its own is is a great, great achievement and a great improvement compared to the current standard of care. And that's not just our words. We're not saying that by ourselves as, as the team, but the surgeons that we are working with have identified that this could potentially be revolutionary in the field of abdominal surgeries. Mm. Who is NERV currently partnered with in this process? Uh, yeah, as I mentioned, we're, we're working with St. Michael's Hospital uh, in Toronto under the supervision of two surgeons, Dr. Rosende Nato, an acute and trauma surgeon, and Dr. Ori Rothstein, the chief of surgery at St. Michael's Hospital. So what is the next stage? What's the next step for NERV? We're still going to be performing more animal studies. These are going to be more acute and blind studies uh, to test different things related to the sensor's uh, ability to detect the presence of the leak, as well as seeing how the uh, the body reacts to the presence of the sensor internally. So that's going to be performed over the next year to a year and a half. After that, we're going to be going for FDA approval 
and hopefully uh, clinical and, uh, and pilot studies at hospitals in the U.S. after. So we're looking at another maybe three years, three, four years before we can hit the market. During your journey, during the journey of NERV, what are some challenges you have faced or what are challenges you are currently facing? Challenges are a lot. And if I can maybe point out a few, then one of them would be being in the medical device industry on its own is a big challenge uh, just because of the nature of the industry. There's a lot of regulations, a lot of testing that needs to be done to make sure that you're delivering a device that's safe to humans. And given that our device is actually an implantable device or an internal device, that on its own adds another level of complexity. We have to make sure that we are developing a solution where all of its components are biocompatible. It doesn't pose any risk to the patient. So that increases the timeline in terms of uh, development. And in turn, that also brings another challenge, which is always a challenge to any startup, which is funding. So funding on its own is definitely one of our bigger challenges, I'd say. But we've been very lucky to be part of an ecosystem that has been very supportive. The government over here in Canada has managed to provide us with a number of different grant opportunities that have allowed us to work with various professors and researchers who have expertise that have complemented the team's skill set and have helped us to develop different aspects of the technology. Another challenge, I'd say, would definitely be uh, trying to find the right people to work with. It's not easy to find people who are passionate about uh, what you're working on, who have the right skill set and who are willing to take on such a difficult journey, knowing that there are going to be struggles along the way, knowing that funding is always going to be an issue and a challenge. So it's always a difficult thing to try to find the right people to work with. And it was a challenge for us, but I guess we're still lucky to have a really solid team that has managed to work on the solution and bring it to where it is today. Let's say someone listening developed this passion for NERV and the goal you guys try to achieve. What positions are currently available? Are you guys hiring? What skill set are you guys looking for? Uh, we're always on the lookout for, for the right talent. At any point in time, as soon as funding comes in, we, uh, we would be expanding the team. And in terms of skill sets, we're looking for electrical engineers. We're also looking for a person who has some electrochemistry background and a regulatory junior who would be able to be part of this team, lead on the regulatory efforts to uh, tackle all of the FDA and uh, related testing. And that's going to be within the next six months. We're looking to fill these positions uh, soon enough. So that's kind of the skill set that we're looking at at the moment. Before I end this very pleasant talk, I wanted to get some advice from you for any entrepreneurs or people trying to start their own business or get into the healthcare market. Well, that's a tough one because uh, there's definitely a lot of advice that could be uh, provided to anyone. But one of the most important things that I've heard along the way, especially talking to a lot of investors, is that investors always look for the A-team. No matter what idea you have and no matter how much of, uh, I guess, a skill level you think you have and your team brings on. If you're not really a good team in terms of being passionate about the solution and in terms of being a well-rounded team complementing each other's skills, then you might not be able to make it so far. So make sure you always surround yourself by the right team members, people who are passionate about the problem and the solution, just because you're going to come along uh, a lot of obstacles along the way. And if that team's not passionate the first obstacle you hit is going to be the obstacle that breaks you down. So just make sure you have a passionate team who's really, really interested in what you're trying to solve. And 
who's more than willing to take on as many obstacles as possible in order to achieve, I guess, the end result or the end goal of what you're dreaming to to hopefully one day get to. So have a good team and make sure you're, you're passionate about it. Passion is key. Thank you so much, Amr, for your time. And uh, hopefully we'll hear more about successes of Nerve in the coming future. Thank you so much. Uh, and thanks for the opportunity. And uh, I wish you all the, the best as well with your podcast. Thank you. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. And let me know if you know any cool startups that I should interview.